Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I need a stand All right, now I admit this isn't normally the way we lead into a conversation with Roger Egan from Bear River Lodge and Trax Power Sports, who of course sponsor this program week in and week out. But it has become kind of a theme throughout the show this morning, Roger. Everybody we check in with, we ask what the uh, snow situation is, and I can only guess that up there in Christmas Meadows, you probably got some in the last week or so. Yeah, good morning. You know, we've had about three snowstorms in the past week and a half or two, so they... They're teasing us. No major storms, you know, nothing big, but we've had three or four inches at a time, and so it's it's laying a foundation, but uh, let's get a big storm coming. You talk about a foundation. Solitude was reporting uh, just yesterday or the day before, and we're recording on Friday, by the way, but reporting 31 inches of a base right now at Solitude, so... Uh, the temperatures have wow. been good at night, so Mother Nature's done her job. And now uh, if they keep the snow machines going, we might sneak uh, opening day for uh, ski resorts a little bit early. Maybe you can get your uh, snowmobile season off to a little bit more of an early start. Yeah, you know, we got uh, some machines delivered already, and I got a notice this morning that today we're getting another half a dozen. So the snow machines are showing up. Our snow bikes have already arrived. We're getting ready. It's on its way. You sort of have a love-hate relationship with the snow bike thing, don't you? <laughs> because they're a ton of you fun, know, but but hopefully the technology's like, gotten better. You know, I remember being a young person. My dad had snowmobiles, and it seems like we would ride them for a day and fix them for three days. And that's kind of how <laughs> snow bikes are. You ride them one day and you work on them for a week. But yeah. uh, the technology's just not there. You know, we just take a normal motocross, supercross dirt bike. We run the Yamaha 450s. YZ450, and we pull off the wheels, and we put on a ski on the front and a track on the back and make a few changes to the operations, the battery and the suspension, and send it out in the snow. But those are a ton of fun if you like to ride dirt bikes. They are fun. They really are. My boys enjoyed it uh, when we did it the last time. Maybe it was that experience in your childhood that led you to uh, figure out a way where people that wanted to have the fun without <laughs> without the uh, work on the back end could do that because that's what tracks is all about. Yeah, we take care of all the headaches. You just show up. You don't realize we've been scrambling all week trying to get the machines ready. But, look, in my old age, my favorite machine is the enclosed Defender. It has a heater. We take a side-by-side that's fully enclosed with windshields and power windows and heaters, and we pull off the wheels and put on four snow tracks. And those are so much fun to go out and explore the forest. Families, they're, they're ideal. If you have little ones or older ones, you have a heater. You could get in them in shorts and a T-shirt. It is so comfortable to go see the forest in the winter in those side-by-sides with tracks. I told uh, the kid's grandmother, she's coming out uh, just the week before Thanksgiving, and I was telling her about the opportunity to do that. We might sneak up there if we have enough snow on the ground. We'll see. Uh, because that's only a couple of weeks away. I'll tell you something else that's only a couple of weeks away, and uh, as much as people hate to admit it, Christmas is around the corner, and that must mean that uh, the Christmas tree permits are also here. 
you believe it? Two weeks from yesterday, the tags we, the tags will show up at Bear River Lodge. And you know what they told me this year? People, this is serious. People need to know this. We historically sell over a thousand tags to cut Christmas trees every year. This year, they told me we're going to be limited to about six hundred. Wow. So I don't know why they put a limit on it. But uh, and we can only sell them in person. You can't buy them online. You, you have to show up at the store at Bear River Lodge to buy them because we have to have you fill out a sheet and they're $20 a piece, but it allows you to go cut down a tree in the forest. And it's fun. It's, you know, my family's been doing it since I was a child. And so we've continued it on and it's wonderful to go cut down a Christmas tree and bring it home. And for $20, what a great deal and what a memory making experience. Well, you've just answered my next question. If they change the uh, number that they're going to give you, did they change the number on the price? Evidently not. No, it's been $20 now for a few years. It used to be 10 Then, um, I don't know, half a dozen years ago, they changed it to 20 But So it's $20 come up. They go on sale November 10th, which is a Thursday. And we'll probably sell out over the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, we won't sell all 600 before Thanksgiving. That Friday and Saturday and Sunday after Thanksgiving, we sell, we sell hundreds of them. So yeah. I don't know. We'll probably sell out over Thanksgiving. Um. I don't know if you've uh, actually purchased a live tree from a lot any time in the last few years, but we're always looking for ways here around KSL on Utah's Morning News to find ways where people can save some money with the crazy inflation. If you've been paying over $100 for a Christmas tree a lot in the last couple of years, 20 bucks is sounding pretty good right about now. Yeah, $20 is a great deal, and but even better is the get out there with your family. Get out there with the little ones and you go pick a tree. I'm telling you, the trees sometimes look a lot better in the forest than when they get in your house. But <laughs> that experience is worth it. It is fun to go out and cut down a tree. Just make sure you shake all of the varmints out of it before you bring it in the yeah. house. I, I don't know. If yeah. you, I don't know if you saw my brother Ken's uh, Facebook this morning. You probably haven't had time. Uh, but they have a dog named Willie, a little uh, you know lap dog. Uh, so they have a doggy door in the back of the house, and uh, Ken and Becky up in Missoula, Montana, were greeted when they got home yesterday by two raccoons that came through the doggy door. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, and those can do damage. Yeah. Well, you have yeah. you have to look at the picture. It's, it's a little hard to see, but uh, you can see the glowing eyes in their main living room of two raccoons that are up in the, the corner of the room while they're trying to get them back out the back door. So shake the varmints out of the tree before you before you get them home. Here's my suggestion. You could go up there and do it in a day. That's certainly doable. But why not stay in the cabin and make it a full weekend experience? Yes, we have lots of people who do that. They book a cabin, and they'll even book an ATV or a side-by-side to go out and explore and then go cut down a tree Come for the day, go cut down the tree. Or if you want to make it a weekend or a night and a day, come do it. Go to BearRiverLodge.com. You can book online and come up and get your tree tag. It's just a fun experience, and it's a great way to create memories. So where are you now? You still have wheeled vehicles in the lot, or or have you transitioned things over already? No, we're still wheeled vehicles. We're riding on top of the snow. So we've got about a dozen side-by-side still up at Bear River Lodge. And uh, as soon as we get about, we need really a foot and a half of snow to bring out the snow machines. But 
I'm guessing mid-November we'll be snowmobiling if it keeps with this weather pattern. Yeah, and and we're getting another round of it, uh, if not Wednesday, then certainly Thursday, Friday next week. And this, we hope that every three or four days we can keep it coming, and not just for those that love to recreate in the wintertime, but uh, for all of us, you know, we need the water here in northern Utah. Before I let you go, and this is totally unrelated, but you talked about you know, uh, the memories that you have as in your childhood with your family, and then you carried that on with uh, your girls, and uh, that's one of the reasons why you started this whole adventure of the cabins at Bear River Lodge. Have you seen the story of the guy that took his 8-year-old? They're still up there, and they're climbing El Capitan. I haven't seen it. We were watching the video this morning, and neither Amanda nor I could sit and watch it. They're, as of two days ago, they were a 1,000 feet off the ground, which is about a third of the way up El Capitan. And Dad claims that this little guy has been in a, a sling, you know, uh, being raised up and down climbing walls since he was a baby. But would you take an 8-year-old on a 3,000-foot climb at Yosemite? Oh, man, that's that's scary. But, you know, if he grew up doing it, more power to them, <sighs> you know. I just don't think More I power could. To them. <laughs> I had enough panic, you know, on the basic things in my kids' lives. I can't imagine uh, the responsibility, especially with mom standing at the bottom of that three thousand foot cliff, waiting for you to do the right thing with her son. Well, God, the best for them. I hope the best for them. Yeah. It'll all work out. Yeah, me too. Uh, it is a great story and something we've been watching. My fingers are crossed that we might be able to reach out to Dad if they accomplish it. Even if they don't, be able to uh, have a conversation with him about, what were you thinking? All right. Uh, if you want to get a Christmas tree permit, if you just want to get away for a weekend or a day, make sure you get up to uh, the cabins at Bear River Lodge. BearRiverLodge.com. The best of the best. Roger Eggett, thank you. Have a great week, Tim. Thank you. You too. And uh, stay with us. We'll come back and wrap up the program next and then turn it over to the Greenhouse Show this Saturday morning. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Final couple of minutes of the uh, program today, and luckily somebody did remind me before we sneak out of here that I wanted to tell this story of... uh, Something that took place down in Florida. It turns out it actually happened all around the world, this effort to uh, do away with as many Burmese pythons as they could find. I really think, though, to tell the story, I need the proper music for it. I don't like spiders. There we go. And that ain't what it takes to love. Little Jim Stafford, Spiders and Snakes. All right, here's the story. A 19-year-old South Florida man captured 28 Burmese pythons during a 10-day competition that was created to increase awareness around the threats uh, the invasive snakes posed to the state's ecology. His name is Matthew Concepcion and uh, was among a 1,000 participants. 32 states, Canada and Latvia, participated in the annual challenge, and they removed 231 of these unwanted pythons. I, I don't remember... 
how many eggs one of these pythons will lay. But everybody has seen stories and seen the size that these things can grow to and the damage they can do to other wildlife in the area. For his efforts, Concepcion was awarded the $10,000 Ultimate Grand Prize courtesy of the uh, Everglades Foundation, the Bergeron Everglades Foundation. Dustin Crum won a $1,500 grand prize for removing the longest python. How big? 11 feet. Earlier this year, a team of biologists hauled in the heaviest of the pythons ever captured. The female python weighed 215 pounds, was 18 feet long. And here's an idea of uh, the number of eggs I was uh, questioning a minute ago. 122 eggs were developing inside of that one python. So you can see what the problem is. Uh, anyway, Concepcion says he walked the canal using a flashlight to probe the underbrush. Smaller snakes uh, are as well camouflaged as he looked for the uh, shadows cast by the flashlight beam. Just scary stuff. And the fact that these are crawling around, slithering around if you live in South Florida, just frightening. And there's actually been warnings for people to bring their pets in because uh, a dog, a cat could disappear very easily. I just wanted to make sure we got that out there uh, this morning before we ran out of time, as we have done uh, right here, run out of time. That's going to do it for another week of KSL Outdoors Radio. Happy you could join us this week. Don't go away. BYU uh, played their football already on uh, Friday, last night. And so uh, today, regular schedule for everything. Look forward to uh, the KSL Greenhouse coming up with Ton and Maria. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, I'll be back with you Monday morning with Amanda Dixon on Utah's Morning News starting bright and early at 5 o'clock. We'll have another at least one pair, maybe two pair, of lower bull seats to give away as the Jazz return home. How about that Jazz? Have a great weekend. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.